it'd be really fun to kind of talk about about Sesame Street a little bit more. My grandma would always take me to, uh, I think, Radio City. That might have been Barney. But definitely Madison Square Garden, they used to go. And I remember one time, Big Bird, uh, I, I loved it. And I used to get those little, like, they, on, they used to have on sticks, like these little felt, um, like, characters. And they would have them on sticks, and I was there in, like, the front row. And I love Sesame Street. It's, like, ingrained in my DNA in my formative years. It was amazing. And uh, one time, my crowning achievement was that Big Bird talked to me. Because he was like, what is everybody, like, what does everybody want to be, like, when they get older? And there's all, like, these, like, quiet little kids, and they're all just like, I want to be a ballerina, I want to I stood up on my chair, and on the top of my lungs, like, screamed bloody murders, like, I want to be a fireman! And Big Bird got, like, literally startled, because I was in, like, the front row and backed up, and it was like, a fireman! And in my mind, I had it in my head that Big Bird and I were friends. So, uh, do you have any childhood memories about... And there's, that's just one of many Sesame Street stories I have for you. Do you have any Sesame Street stories you remember from when you were a kid? Do you remember, like, the moment where... Yeah. Um, I have... I, I probably will pale in comparison to my story. I think I have, like, an equally wonderful slash disturbing story. Okay. No, um, Maybe not as good as startling Big Bird, but um, he literally like the guy in the suit. Yeah, like, yeah. Amazing. So we, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So it was kind of a far cry from like Madison Square Garden, but we did have Sesame Place in Jersey. Yes. Or wait, Pennsylvania. It's on the. It's near it's the, right border. the border. Yeah. I get. I always mix up if it's in Jersey or Pennsylvania. I haven't been there. Really? I'm waiting to have kids to go. I think that at, is, at this point, I'm close at this enough, point, well just that is the wisest choice yeah. as an adult. Feel a little weird, 20, <laughs> 27 year old yes. guy by himself. It's a sesame place. Yeah, I would wait. Yes. Um, but we we would go there, and I remember um, when I was really little. Do you remember Maria from the show? Mm-hmm. So she had a daughter, and they kind of wove her daughter into the script her daughter Gabriella and mm-hmm. she like became a character on the show and so they were celebrating Gabriella's birthday and so they were all singing and like the cast was there and then they actually had you know the the puppeteers there in the suits and the costumes That's um cool. and I wanted to bring a gift for Gabriella so I gave her I my and my mom humored me totally helped me with the gift we wrapped it and brought it to the show, and it was a tackle box filled with creepy crawlies. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> like yeah, rubber, yeah. basically like rubber worms and spiders. Weirdly enough, I know exactly what you're yes, talking about. Yes, because I thought that was such a cool gift, because I grew up like being a tomboy, and I, so I was like, of course she's going to want this tackle right. box filled with like worms. <laughs> <laughs> so we gave it to some PA, and it's wrapped in like birthday paper, so like covered, you can't see what it is, right. and the PA brings it behind the stage, and I can only imagine their face when they actually opened it up, <laughs> because I'm sure Gabriella did not actually get that gift, I think it was oh my God. some poor production person, yeah. but I, I mean, I've, I've always had like a deep connection with the show, I grew up watching it, um, favorite characters, Bird and Ernie since childhood, yes. um, if you had to pick one. Oh, probably Bert. Yeah? <laughs> I love him so much. He's just so straight edge and I think so too, awkward. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that he loves pigeons and has a paper clip collection. He's just such a weirdo. <laughs> and I think I think the two characters balance so nicely together. Yeah. I, I, I kind of go back and forth between like loving Bert and then like Ernie's enthusiasm and then Grover's enthusiasm. So yes. I think those are my top three. Yeah. Um, not to play favorites. Yeah. For people that are looking to either get into character design or they want to uh, apply here or they want to put themselves on a path 
um, to maybe, you know, they're into illustration and they want to like venture into character design. What's your advice for people uh, that, that want to do that? So just to explain a little bit about our department. So um, creative services is the art department that's in-house. It's separate from the set and what they do on the set. And it's only about I want to say 20 people, um, illustrators, character designers, toy designers, and graphic designers, and then like digital web people. Um, character design is such a specific hard field. Like you, anytime I think about it, I think of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have to do uh, these technical kind of architecture sketches to see the shapes and the build and kind of the skeleton of the character how they move how they function um and it's also pretty different from illustration where you can draw the character but not necessarily have to know the structure as well right right. and with with our characters it's not just like eyeballs and the nose and getting that down yeah it's not like like youtube video where it's like draw 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 a big bird and then now you're like you have to actually know like the Yes, and the architecture underneath. Yes, and it's it it. I think it's a pretty hard skill to learn, and our characters are so deceptively simple, but they're actually pretty hard to draw. Like they, we have. I learned that with Mickey Mouse. It was so hard. I believe I'm so pissed off. You you'd be surprised that some (laughs) of the most simple character designs out there are actually pretty hard to to nail. And I maybe the nuances of it. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe the general shape, but not the exactly. I I think part of it is they're so recognizable and mainstream that if something, even if it's like a pupil focus is slightly off, Mm -hmm. you can instantly tell something's wrong, even if you can't. Yeah. know exactly what it is talk about like brand equity that's crazy. yes yeah. so so um when i i guess when i got started originally i was in digital and i was doing digital art but then when i transitioned to creative services i had to do art tests and i also had to change my portfolio to kind of prove that i could draw the characters um i had to draw characters in a scene and then i also had to show structure for things and i think um, the other character designers I worked with at the time, and three of them still work here. It's a mm-hmm. it's a small group of people. Um, they sort of wanted me specifically because I had digital skills. A lot of them are they they obviously can use Photoshop and Illustrator and mm-hmm. digital stuff. And we work on Cintiqs, which are pre- pressure sensitive computer screens that you can draw directly on. But they I was won. Impressed. Yes, they're <laughs> so fantastic. They're it's such a life changer working on them. Right. Um, but I think they wanted someone with sort of a digital background, who came from you know working with uh, characters that would be used in like apps and web games and things like that, and could work quickly in Illustrator. So I think right. my experience using Adobe Illustrator in in addition to being able to draw characters was really what got me the job. And I think for people who are interested in that, the the world is so open now on the internet, especially with Instagram. Mm -hmm. So many young people follow other character designers. They see what they're doing. I think practicing and then also being able to, like practicing from original character designs from just you mean like, like studying, replicating yeah. yeah. I think studying what other people are doing, but then also studying like like Mickey Mouse, Sesame Street characters, just right. practicing drawing that. I think because yeah, you do like uh, Edna Mold from like The Incredibles, and yeah, all these and all like these classic Muppet characters. Yes, you try and regularly. 
Oh, uh, you know, Do you I, like a rotation of uh, <laughs> people, or it's always something new. Always something new, and yeah. I think I think even as a working professional, it's important. I'm realizing more and more now. I'm like, you always have to draw. You always have to practice. Look at what other people are doing. Looking at current trends and just making yourself do the work, even if it's not provided to you at the job. Right. Which I think um, um, something that I've learned since I've been here too is you always have to make time for side projects. Mm-hmm. You And sometimes you can't wait for the job to hand you exactly what... Well, you should never wait for the right. job to hand you exactly what you want to be doing. Because sometimes it won't. Um, but with character design, I think if you're interested in that, definitely practice doing turnarounds and practice looking at other people's characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're more into illustration, similar thing of just making tests for yourselves and trying to do it is there ever like an element of like repetition like doing it over and over again well i think i think one of the tricky things starting out was um at least when i had to do the art test we were supposed to draw the terrifying oh have you ever had to do an art test no that's why i stay i stay in the branding space but even for freelance gigs, I've had to do art tests to kind of match the style of whatever the brand is. Right. And it's extremely hard. It, it is like the amusement yeah. room with the pen and the pencil, and they're like, draw a big bird. Yeah. What? Well, well, I would be out. Not, not all of them are timed. Like, the one, the one here, thankfully, wasn't timed. Like, I think I had, I was able to bring work home with me and do it. And I look at it now, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so terrible. <laughs> I think I think they had really open hearts in hiring me, and they were definitely looking at my digital work being like, we know we can um, we can use her for digital skills. And I think right. my other skill sets were really, really what helps with the job, and that I had been here. They didn't have to train a new person. I'd already mm-hmm. been here for a couple of years. Um, but I think... With character design, I, I definitely think drawing characters over and over again, yes, that repetition can help you understand how they're built, but also putting them in scenarios where they're like um, animated and doing different things. You do have to think about how they're built and how they're moving. So, uh, for instance... Like what their elbow looks like. Yeah, most of, the char- most of the character design we do is either it's either animated in apps or uh, web games on sesamestreet.org, or it's used for licensing and products, and nothing is just like a stationary character with their arms at their sides. Mm-hmm. Like They're all usually expressive and doing something. So right. it's important to think of how to make them lifelike and exciting and have expression, and then um, also retain the character elements of each yeah. character. So it's, it's a lot. That's answer ever. I love <laughs> okay. this. It's so good. Oh, good. Oh, cool. yay. All right. <laughs> Is it difficult to innovate in a space where people are so attached to, you know, like these characters? And I feel like every time that Sesame Street like introduces a new character, it's like all over the news or like, you know, it's these are like these characters are beloved by people. How do you innovate when people are like so attached? It's a great question. It's a great question. It's a it's a kind of a complicated answer. I think Because there's so much like brand equity, yes. right? There's so much like familiarity yes so I think um I think from an artist's perspective okay so I guess to start with we part of our responsibility um at least with some of my coworkers, is to like blue line the characters so we get submissions in from all these different groups mm-hmm. and we have to make sure we're like the gatekeepers where we're triple checking the character and just making sure it looks correct so right. um um 
and our two art directors downstairs are like the head character designers and they just they approve everything they make sure it looks okay mm-hmm. um, in terms of innovation I want to say we have all of these great opportunities to get to work with the characters in different ways so um, some of it is through character design where we can push the boundaries of how the characters look based on trends and styles like either in products and licensing stuff we see on like going on in the art world Um, we get to partner with um, a ton of different artists now for like licensing things which is feels like cutting edge and new like they did mm-hmm. this uniqlo was it something that changed that yeah the uniqlo with, yeah with, with cause with cause yeah tell like, me about this because uh, it seems like <laughs> it seems like that wouldn't work but it's well, officially licensed stuff i, I was confused that's like, that's a crazy thing so i didn't actually work on that project but because of how big and popular he is well he, he like x'd out the character's eyes which we are not supposed to do like, yeah, we're not I supposed to show them approved? dead i have no idea but I, th- <laughs> I think i think it was approved because of the artist and his style mm-hmm. and so in in some cases with like licensing and clothing and we work with artists based on trends and we go to them for their style mm-hmm. um and a lot of even like some of the things I was showing you downstairs where my coworker did characters as zombies and yeah. characters as 8-bit. So, so cool. it's just pushing the boundaries. We try to design based on trends and like stay fresh, stay relevant, keep in the public eye. And mm-hmm. also um, I think people are delighted to see the characters push beyond the kids' space because so many people who grew up with the show yes. are fans of the show as mm-hmm. adults and then they have their kids watch the show. And a lot of people geek out and want adult stuff too, in addition mm-hmm. to kids stuff. So we sort of have to gear character styles either towards adult-facing, fan-facing things, or kid-facing. And for instance, too, like we're always at Comic Con for different things, and right. you can see like Sesame Street product as like, um, do you do you know those little Funko Pop? Uh, figures you might see it. oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They, they have like little beady eyes and they yes. have them for like yeah. absolutely every brand so there's like Those sesame so street cool. ones so there's i can't buy one because i'll buy all of them exactly i know like, like they're a, like collectibles yeah. i yeah, should yeah, say yeah. collectibles so there's there's stuff that's adult facing and you see the characters in such a wide variety of styles which is great but i think um from my experience of working here i've seen the most boundaries pushed for international things because mm-hmm a lot of so sesame street is i think i'm going to totally get the number wrong but it's in more than 150 countries across the world and each country has their own set of characters um some of the characters are repeated and sometimes for instance like in china and japan sesame street's used as an english as a second language type thing so really yeah so sometimes they use i actually remember when Big Bird went to Japan and we watched him school. He went to China. To China. Yeah. To China, sorry. Yeah, but that's such a great movie. Yeah, it's so, that's a classic. so sweet. It's very yeah. classic. Carol, and Carol weird. Spinney. And very like yeah. Yeah, we watched like, it. Eclectic and I gotta rewatch that. You should I love going back and watching like and wrecking things for myself. Don't wreck it for yourself. Yeah. I mean I, I think I think parts of it still hold up and it's it's such a classic movie. You'll you'll feel it in your heart, but then also it it's a it's little, little it is a little wonky for yeah. the times yes, yes. <laughs> but we we um like a lot of times here at work they sometimes screen old movies oh, so really? so they they screened it here and so that was the first time i had seen it since i was a little kid and, and you're I was like, like wow this is different. whoa yeah special yeah. effects yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so different oh, um oh i was talking about 
English is a second language. Yeah. So I'll tag all of you, don't worry. Yeah, I think, um, so it's used differently in different countries. And so we, I find from my experience working here that sometimes in, in China and Japan, that they're able to use these like edgier styles for mm. products in different ways because it's more adult facing than kid facing. Mm-hmm. So they put like awesome zombie designs on hats and like right. they'll they'll use um, art designs that kind of push the boundaries. Whereas domestically, it's so kid focused mm-hmm. and so respected for kids that sometimes um, it's more kid facing designs. Yeah. So it's safer and yeah. you know. Aim, cool. Aimed for two-year-olds. Exactly. 